0: This episode is part of the Pool's Local Officials Stronger Together podcast series. It's one way we serve local officials through integrity, public service, fiscal responsibility, and operational excellence. As always, please direct specific questions about coverage to your member services manager. Hi, I'm Scott Houston. Welcome to the TML Risk Pool's Local Officials Stronger Together podcast series. Local government elected and appointed officials and employees, listen to me carefully right now. Any work-related information on your personal cell phone, tablet, or computer, including texts, emails, social media posts, and maybe more, is public information. And today's episode is about the Texas Public Information Act. I'll call it the PIA, and to a lesser extent, the Local Government Records Act. But it's not about those laws generally. Today, I want to talk specifically about how the PIA applies to work information you have on your personal devices or in personal accounts. Now, this podcast is primarily designed to educate elected officials and management about local government issues. But this episode applies not only to those folks, but to every local government employee in Texas. Years ago, in 2001, I wrote a paper called Email at CityHall.com for the Texas Municipal League. The paper came about after the city of Arlington received a request for any city-related emails on any computer that were used by a particular city council member. The city released the emails from the council member's city email account, but asked the attorney general to withhold emails maintained in the council member's home computer and on his home account. Now, the only way to withhold information that's requested under the PIA is to write a letter and a legal brief to the attorney general arguing why you think the information doesn't have to be released. And you can make essentially two different types of arguments. One, you can argue that the information doesn't fit the complex legal definition of, quote, public information. And this is largely what we'll be talking about today. Two, you can also argue that what's called an exception to disclosure applies. The Act has dozens and dozens of these, certain law enforcement information, personal identifying information, vendor information, et cetera, that can be withheld even if it does meet the definition of public information. So what do you do? You make your arguments and the AG issues a letter to you with a yes or no. If you don't like the answer, you can appeal that answer to the court's system. So back in 2001, I filed a brief with the attorney general supporting the Arlington argument that the council member's personal email on his personal computer didn't fit the definition of public information at that time. And we argued that was true because no city funds were used to pay for the personal email account or the computer, and the emails weren't held by the city. Even back then, the attorney general's office disagreed and the city decided to sue the AG, which is the process to appeal it to the courts, to withhold the emails. That suit was later settled, but it actually began a long legislative and legal journey that culminated with the passage of bills in 2013 and 2017 that we'll be talking about today. The 2013 legislation amended the definition of public information to include, quote, any electronic communication created, transmitted, received, or maintained on any device if the communication is in connection with the transaction of official business. That change began a legal battle that involved appeals court opinions from Bear County and the city of El Paso, as well as probably hundreds of attorney general letter rulings. Just like with the Arlington case more than a decade before, the media sought texts and emails held on a city council member's and, in the other case, a county commissioner's personal devices. And both appeals courts opined that that information was public and had to be released. But there was a catch. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what was the catch? Even though the courts told these officials they had to turn over the emails, the law at that time had no enforcement mechanism, so an official could still say no and suffer no consequences for doing so. That holding is essentially what prompted the filing of legislation over the next several years to fix that enforceability catch, if you will. Senate Bill 944 finally passed in 2019 to do that. Now, the TML Legal Department has prepared a detailed summary of the bill, and that's linked in the further information section below the podcast. But by way of a brief explanation, the bill creates the legal term, quote, temporary custodian, and defines that as, quote, a current or former officer or employee of a governmental body who, in the transaction of official business— creates or receives public information that the officer or employee has not provided to the officer for public information of the governmental body. The bill then requires a temporary custodian who has public information on a privately owned device to either forward the information to the governmental body to be preserved in accordance with the body's records retention schedule, we'll talk about the schedule in a minute, or preserve that information themselves in a way that complies with the record's retention schedule. Most importantly, though, for you, it creates criminal penalties against the temporary custodian who refuses to turn over public information, up to six months in jail and a $1,000 fine, and in some cases, possible removal from office. And keep in mind that this applies to any work-related information held by the official or employee. It could be a paper, piece of paper, it could be email, it could be texts on any device or even social media posts on a personal account. So how can an official employee or local governmental body comply with the law? You've got several options, but the first thing you need to do is find your local government's records retention schedule. Everyone should have one. It's just a list of all the types of information that you have to retain. It could be personnel evaluations, ordinances for cities, agendas, reports, or one of dozens of different types of info. And the schedule just tells you how long you have to keep it, some for a few years, some forever, some you don't have to keep for very long at all if they're just administratively valuable for you. For information about records management in general and retaining emails, texts, or social media posts, you can contact the Records Management Division of the Texas State Library and Archives Commission. I've linked their information below the podcast, and they are one of the best and friendliest state agencies out there. They're super helpful. That schedule matters because you don't have to retain every email you text or send. You only have to keep those that relate to work and fall under a specific type of information in the schedule. So, if you text a colleague to meet you for lunch, that text probably doesn't have to be retained. But, if you receive a text or social media post from a member of the public complaining about one of your local government's employees or policies, the schedule says you have to keep that for two years after the resolution or dismissal of the complaint. So it's not the fact that the information is in a text or an email or a social media post. It's what information is contained within those. The easiest way to comply is to just avoid doing local government business on personal devices or accounts, right? If you must use personal accounts and devices, you could for email, copy all of your work-related correspondence to an email address held by your local government for appropriate archiving by the staff. Or you could save it all in a file on the device or in the account in accordance with the record's retention schedule. With regard to texts, the local government can issue city phones and adopt a policy that all city-related business has to be on those phones and then develop an archiving system for the texts. Uh, You could also ask the temporary custodian to provide a screenshot of text that must be retained. Or some larger entities use third-party software to help them do that. You may or may not need that. Just be wary of folks selling you software that you don't need. Of course, one key aspect of retention is that administratively valuable designation. That designation just means, like I said earlier, assuming information doesn't fall under a specific records retention period or type of information in a city's schedule it can be deleted when it's no longer needed many emails and texts like the one i mentioned about meeting up with someone for lunch will fall under that category with regard to social media a city official can copy and paste social media posts into a word processing program or take screenshots of it and then send it to the local government or In some cases, there is software that can help you capture those records if you have a very complex uh, entity, a larger entity. Finally, just don't forget that emails and texts on work computers or devices is also subject to the Public Information Act. So keep that in mind when you're writing things down. I think that's the key for a lot of this is that you shouldn't write things down on these electronic devices, no matter where it comes from, if it's something that would be embarrassing if released to the public. So that's it for this episode. We'll visit more next time. To review written materials associated with the presentation or to ask Scott a question, please visit www.tmlirp.org and click on the Stronger Together podcast link. Please remember that the information in this episode is provided for informational purposes only and doesn't constitute legal advice. We recommend that you review the podcast and the accompanying written materials with your attorney prior to taking action.